Hello, listeners, and welcome to Capture It. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Listen, life is a journey full of moments that provide us with opportunity to capture what it is that helps us grow into the people we truly want to be. Let's talk about these ideal characteristics that inspire and motivate us all. And in time, work to capture it ourselves. Listeners, and welcome back to Capture It the Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Traeger. I am thrilled to have our next guest on the show, Karen Swanner. Karen is an Oregon State University professor in the College of Public Health and Human Sciences. Karen also directs a program called Kids Spirit. It's a youth empowerment organization at Oregon State University. Karen resides in Corvallis, Oregon with her wonderful husband, Russ. Karen also goes by the name of Big Mama K, and that will make a lot more sense as you listen to this episode. Listeners, thanks for stopping by. Kick back and enjoy the show. Hello, Capture It fans, and welcome back to the show. I have a mentor in the house. Well, not really the house. It's it's the Zoom house. But Karen Swanner, Big Mama K, who's been a mentor in my life, is here. Karen uh, is a professor at Oregon State. She works in the public health and human sciences field. Um, and she also is the director of Kid Spirit, an organization that has been at OSU for many different years. In fact, when I was in college, I worked for Karen. And I, can, I can't tell you how excited I am to have one of my mentors of life on the show. Karen, welcome. Oh, thank you. It's fun to be here. Thank, I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw this out there because um, we may it may happen. Uh, listeners, if, if, if Karen calls me Wolverine, Wolverine. <laughs> um, or, or Wolvie, um, there's, there's, some, there's a reason behind that. Because when I worked with Karen at Oregon State, um, we had camp names. I mean, mine was Wolverine. And if you've ever seen me, you know the hair fits and the feisty attitudes there. Um, and so uh, if, if that pops in here, please know that she's just reverting back to our camp names. Um, which is so fun. So Karen, Big Mama K is your camp name. So that'll slip in here. How are you doing? How's life? How's things going for you? Life is, you know, given um, the complexity of, of life right now, life is good. You know, I'm healthy. I'm able to work. We live in a be- beautiful place and um, and we're getting through it all. It's <laughs> It's a complex world right right now, but I think I'm good. Totally. Um, how many times have you said, we got this? Um, <laughs> I, I say it a lot. What I really say the most is um, business as usual as of today. Yes. <laughs> that's, my, that's my go-to. Like, uh, how are we doing this? Well, as of today, <laughs> yes, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Never in my life have I felt so live, if you will, like just day by day by day, um, felt so live. And uh, I guess it it's really where you see now more than ever what you're made of. Um, right. But yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, business as usual for today. As of today. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do a quick fast fire, if you don't mind, just to get us warmed up. 
So I'm going to say something and you got to answer it as fast as you can. I'm ready. Here we go. Texting or talking? Talking. That's good because we're on a podcast right now. (laughs) Favorite day of the week? Friday. Ah, yeah. And it's Friday, so we're in a good spot. (laughs) Favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Lahaina, Maui. And I've been there, and I've been there with you. <laughs> Together, um, yeah. Amazing place. I love the tree that is in that park. It's, it's The banyan it's, tree. Yeah, and it's all one big tree. tree. So yeah. if you haven't been Roots. to that, you got to go. Uh, this one might be hard to, to remember. A nickname your parents used to call you? Oh, Nanda, they called me Twitty. <laughs> oh, where does that come from? I, you know, I had really red hair and they called me Tootie Fruit, Fruity for a long time, but then that just shortened to, to, to Tootie. I love Mostly that. only my dad called me that, but that was consistent with him. I love that. Uh, mine was Cujo. <laughs> and uh, it's not really that cute because that's, it was after an old horror movie about this killer dog, the, Cujo the killer dog. Dog, yeah. It's like, <laughs> really? Okay, but that's fine. Favorite holiday? Favorite holiday, my birthday. Which is also Cinco de Mayo, which is also, um, if I could say on here, just a celebration day. So I love that. Every day can be a holiday, especially your right. birthday. Yeah. Birthday. Um, scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? I would say I'm an eight. You're a good driver. I'm, I'm a, I lived on Maui for a while, so I learned to be a really offensive dry, driver because everybody's <laughs> a tourist and lost and slams on the brakes quick, so I'm yeah, aware. And you got somewhere to be. All right, here we go. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is? Oh, a strong woman. I love that. Here's how I would answer it. Taylor Swift is? Coming back to country music. music. <laughs> well, if you saw her on the CMAs, yeah, she's back. I don't know for how long, but. She's strong. I, I love her. You're going to love this one, Karen. Just because I know you, what superpower would you choose? Superpower. It would be that um, to help people communicate what they really want to say and also figure it out, like work through it quicker. What What's going on inside me and how do I communicate that and how do I a- advocate Oh, I love that. With kindness and, and do it all with, with kindness. Th- that might be the best answer I've heard um, of all those questions. Thank you for playing Fast Fire. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Those um, were good. <laughs> but let's get into the real stuff. Karen, for the listeners, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Tell us a little bit in, in a couple minutes or so. Um, how does Karen Swanner become you? Well, I'm from a big family. I grew up in eastern Washington always more interested in the social side of everything. Um, I was an athlete, but I really just like being on teams more than I enjoyed the actual competition. Uh, I loved fashion. So from an early age, I wanted to be in the fashion industry. So the first 18 years of my career, my life, and everything I thought about was in um, clothing and, and fashion. So I, I took a custom sewing class in high school. I worked for JC Penney's. I started as a fashion mer- merchandising ma- major. So I have a, um, back to talking or text. I'm a, I think a salesperson at heart. I love pe- people and working with, with them. So I worked in the, I worked in wholesale retail. I worked some fashion shows. I know behind the scenes. Um, so that was like my early career. And then um, I had an account in the, in the fashion industry when I was a rep, want to open a store in Hawaii. So I, um, they offered me a position to 
to move to Hawaii and open their store. And I was having a really bad day. And it was a really bad day, like the kind of day where you find out that a vendor isn't going to pay you a $10,000 commission. And there's nothing that you can do about that. Pretty large commission check that I earned and I worked a few months for. And they called me and said, do you want to move to Hawaii? And I was like, sure. And then (laughs) um, two weeks later, everything I owned was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm moving to Hawaii. I have a five-year-old daughter. Um, I'm going to Hawaii. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to move to Hawaii? And on a whim, I love it, Karen. It was a whim. It it was just, uh, I'm ready. You know, I'd like to say yes to things. So I moved to Hawaii and that's where I'd always volunteered. And I had this um, pretty impactful situation in track and high high school with Special Olympics. So I started volunteering in Maui. Um, with Special Olympics, and that worked into a, a volunteer director position. And the next thing I knew, I was a director of Maui Special Olympics. And and I really found that um, my skills in sales and in the, the fashion industry for years are really useful for a non-profit and just connection and the people skills. And so I made that transition out of, out of clothing and started working in non-profit. And so I worked with Maui Special Olympics for a number of years and Girl Scouts over there. And then what brought me to Oregon, I think it's a funny story, but I, I had 18 credits that I had never finished on my undergraduate. So I started going to community college when I was over at, in, at Maui Community College. And these two, it was a summer class and these two Hawaiian girls who attended Oregon State, it was a speech class and it was a persuasive, our assignment was a persuasive speech. And these two girls both gave a speech on why you should not go to Oregon State. <laughs> and um, it was so funny because I sat there and it was things like, oh, it's all about families and there's not as much to do. And it was all family and there's kids and, and all this stuff. I thought, what a great place as a single mom <laughs> to move. And their, their persuasive speech on why a, a college student um, from Hawaii, they're like, go, go to Portland was their speech. I was like, I'm, I'm moving to Corvallis. And I never like <laughs> looked into it. And so those girls really, really motivated me to check out um, OSU to finish up my, my degree. And then here I am, I was only going to be here two, two years. And I started working for what isn't, what was, it's Kid Spirit, but it wasn't called Kid Spirit then. And I started teaching gymnastics for the children's gymnastics program. And then I grew into the director. The rest, they say, is history. History, yeah. Yeah. 22 years later, I'm still here. I love that a lot of it is stemming from following your heart, following Mm -hmm. some passions. And then just, and this is what I know about you too, is just that service orientedness of, of, right. of you and that mindset that you have around helping people and helping people. And, and letting that guide the work. And I, I, I love that. Uh, the other thing that I know about you, Karen, is that one of the strongest women that I've ever met, but you've always also had extreme battles, trials in life. And um, with, with it being October, I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about uh, your battle with breast cancer, if you're willing uh, to tell us a little bit about that. Because for me, um, I met you after your first battle. For me, that was something that I learned very quick was was a foundational piece to why you do and how you do. I, I would love the listeners to be able to get a glimpse of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so my I've had breast cancer twice now. And um, 2006 was my first diagnosis. And um, 
during that time, I went through everything. So chemo, radiation, um, hormone ther therapy. It was hard, but I learned some pretty amazing things. You know, I, I, I'd say my takeaways, well, first of all, I was really surprised breast, breast can cancer. Cancer runs in my family, but it's all stomach related. So pancreatic and different things. So when I found out I had breast can cancer, it was pretty devastating because I was, it was just shocking. And so a couple of takeaways from that was, first of all, I wanted to work <laughs> and, yeah. um, and I, I didn't want it to stop my life, but it definitely shaped me. It shaped things like just learning the importance of taking care of yourself, because the, the first thing was as your hair starts to fall out, it, um, you're told all these wise tales, really. Well, if you do this and do this, your hair won't fall, fall out. One day I talked to my, my doctor. I said, does it really help if you wrap your head in ice before you come to chemo? And, he, and right. she just started laughing at me. She's like, Karen, if your hair doesn't fall out, the chemo's not working. And yeah. I went, oh, she's like, we are giving you chemo that targets fast growing cells, which by the way, is your hair. Right. So we want your hair to fall out. And then once I, you know, stepped into that, it's like, okay, ask why, check in, and then embrace the fact that my hair falling out is a um, sign of the chemo working. So that was just a really like, okay, let's embrace all these steps along the way. The other thing that I think I really learned was how to take care of myself was, when someone sees, you know, you're bald and you have cancer and they all of a sudden get really sad. So you go into this big, like, oh, I'm going to be okay. And you start taking care of them. And I really learned that I didn't have the capacity during that time to take care of myself and them. And so to let people, um, to give them enough information to let them know you care about them. And you can see this is hard, but also I'm not here to make you feel better about my can cancer. Right. And, and not in a selfish way, but in a way that released me from taking care of every single person I ran into emotionally. I think it made for some better relationships, just that people knew they could be real and say what they want to around, around me without worrying about it bothering you. So there's all this awkwardness that we got through and, um, just, and the other thing is time is time, you know, like time is your friend and you're going to work through it and, and reach out and let people help you and, yeah. and give yourself a break. I'm a pretty, I expect a lot of myself. So I learned that on the day when you want to walk to the end of your driveway, that's far enough. So a lot, a lot of self-kindness and compassion. Second time around was this last year, I just oddly... I was the last surgery that happened at Providence in Seattle before the pandemic shut the operating room down. Oh, wow. In March. So, so you um, could have been waiting. I, or I could have, yeah, I was happy to be there when I was and to be out <laughs> yeah. before, um, like both, you know, like we heard the nurses, like we knew it was happening. We heard the nurses talking that night and we were both really like, my daughter was there with me. We we're like, let's do be a good thing to get out of here. Mm -hmm amazing surgeons, amazing pe people. And um, I just want to, you know, if I said to anyone, to women, get your mammograms, get your mammograms. So both of my can cancers were caught on a ma mammogram. They would never have been caught otherwise. So get your mammograms. Yeah, and even for males that are, that are fathers or brothers or whoever, mm -hmm. and family members, people that you care about, let them know how important that is. And don't be afraid to talk about that. I love that you talk don't about. Don't be afraid. And if you can't afford them, clinics have them. Like don't let, don't let anything get in your way. Make sure everybody gets their, has their mammogram. 
Yeah, and and one thing that I've really learned over the years with, I think, kind of just understanding a little bit more about illness and and disease and whatnot. And then, you know, one of my favorite shows is A Million Little Things, and the way that they portray, you know, a survivor living with with uh, a survivor. Granted, they've hit the day where the cancer is gone, and they're still living with the trauma that comes with that original diagnosis, right? Right. The cancer's here. And so uh, if you don't mind, would, would you talk a little bit about that? Is that a, is that a good portrayal? Is that, is that a real thing that you're living with every day? And then what do you do as far as wrapping your mind around that idea? And, and still, like you said, time is precious and, and a day is a day, right? Right. I think um, for me, it's just really appreciating knowing that we truly don't know um, how much time we have. And so the importance of telling people that you care about them, the importance of thinking that every conversation could be your last conversation, especially with this last cancer go go around. Um, My surgery was 13 hours and I knew it was going to be a big one going into it. Just really, I had this ominous feeling that really checking your life to make sure I'm living it like today is today is today. And that's what, you know, I, you have to live in the moment. And you know me, I'm like always thinking 20 steps ahead and I'm, I'm always, but really saying, no, you've got to, you've got to stay here and you have to stay pre- present with, with the pe- people and, and tell them how much you appreciate them. I, and, love that. Um, I think that's my, that part of it is the worry that I might get too busy and forget that. I remember coming out and I'm like, oh, I lived. And <laughs> right. um, I said that and Chrissy laughed at me. Um, my daughter was there and I was like, oh, okay. But I really made sure that, um, you know, working up to that, I I treated every day like it was the important day and, and to continue doing that. That's not just when bad things happen to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for diving into that and sharing that. And I appreciate your story and I appreciate your willingness to talk about that because that's such a big, important piece. You know, we're going into October and um, it being Breast Cancer Awareness Month and all the work and, and, and rallying around that we, uh, a lot of us do. Um, I think it's just an important reminder to all those points that you talked about. So thank you for sharing that. And I'll add one more thing, Wolverine. It just comes out. Like in the Wolverine. <laughs> um, I think the most freeing part when I lost my hair was how freeing that that was. And um how awesome it was not to worry about it and to go almost eight months without any hair. <laughs> and it was just, it was very liberating. And I, I was working with kids during the whole time and they, it really allowed them to say, you know, first of all, their question was always like, big mama K, are you going to live? And I'm like, I think so. And then they're, then they'd be like, my grandma has cancer and I'm worried about her, but they only wanted short little things. And I think as adults, we, we worry too much about kids who, but they want to voice their thoughts and their concerns and they want to ask somebody. So having that bald head and just being out there with the kids, um, I'm really happy to have had that opportunity, both for myself to like let go of any of the vanity, but to be that person that kids could walk up and ask anything. I love that. That's a, that's a beautiful takeaway um, and insight into that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was just you know, kids have that innocence about them, you know. And yeah. I, and I, and I, uh, my son, uh, we just had our first baby, and he's going to be three months here pretty soon. But it's like, oh my goodness, it's like, I can't wait till he gets to the point where he's communicating with us and saying those weird things kids say. But um, he's starting to goo goo and gaga and laugh and giggle a little bit. But yeah, I mean, uh, just a huge light into the world. We should listen to kids more often. And we should learn lessons from them more often. Um, and Absolutely. I, I learned a lot about that from my work and my time spent with you. Um, and when I went to college in 2005, Oregon State, go Beavs. I, it's, I have a tough time not just saying go Beavs uh, whenever I say Oregon State, but stumbling into life, not knowing what's going on and stumbling into a meeting to where Oh, summer job? Yeah, maybe. Um, and then just being uh, blown away with what opportunity was sitting right in front of me. And you talk about the, the kids and you talk about what they can teach us and, and learning that experience. I gained a lot of that um, from, from working with you. So I want to share with the listeners a little bit about what you do. What is Kid Spirit, Karen? Is it? Well, it's number one. It's a positive youth development pro program, but it's and in that it's teaching college students um, all the principles to life skills, like how to um, how to, if they're interested in working with kids, but just what are those professional skills? What are those life skills? And then we happen to do it through youth pro programming. But the number one thing Kid Spirit is is a place for college students to build their skills. And then the tool is, is our youth pro programs. And um, I think a lot of people see us as our youth pro programs and they don't know how much training and mentoring we do with college students like yourself. And, and um, we have 150 college students who work for us every year. And it's pretty, it's pretty impactful on their lives and on then on the lives of the kids that we work with. Yeah. And, and I, I specifically remember that a bit. And w w when I'm teaching my leadership stuff in, in my leadership realm, and I talk about being people oriented and service oriented. And I, I was talking to a group of students the other day and I said, when I was a head program coach, my job was not only to coach the players in that, in that program, but my job was also to develop the coaches that were working for me and make them better coaches because I'm not going to be here forever. Um, and so, you know, again, but then you have better coaches that are working with kids, making them better athletes. But you always had that focus is that part, a big part of the mission was training these college students to work with youth, but also build them as professionals. Right, right. We, um, you know, we do sports, art, science and cook, cooking. That's the short of it. But what I, I've had staff, you know, so much of it that we do is it's communication, it's self-confidence, it's it's all those pieces of being a strong individual in your, your community. And I used to have staff complain to me, um, it's like we're spending all this time on how to assertively commu communicate when I really want to work on running the cash register because we have a, you know, it's a full bit business. But then those are the students who grad graduate and become bank managers and they call me back. And they're like, okay, the first month of my job, everything I did and that I did well was all those other skills that we worked with that could, could spare, you know, right down to the fish philosophy and how to come to work with choose my attitude, how, how to how to be pre present, how to make work fun. You know, it's, it's those other, you know, they call them soft skills, but I'm not, 
I'm not in love with them call, calling that because I think it's skills we all have. And that's, you know, how to, well, that we're learning, not all have, we're moving, you know, people are growing into just how to be pre, pre, present, how, what, what professionalism means, what work ethic means, and that it's different on every job and really, really helping people define themselves as a per, person. And, um, and who they want to be. I've heard this said lots is like, Mama K, Kid Spirit helped me decide who I want to be as a, gro- as a grown up and the kind of grow- yeah. grown up I want to be. So really build- building that character and competence and caring, you know, everything we should do is, is from a place of caring and teaching those skills. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, I've, I've uh, been into a lot of different interviews for a lot of different jobs. I mean, I went into interviews to be a head head coach of a program. I've been, you know, the the current job that I have right now is an administrative role in a, in a building of one of the largest schools in our state. And I have yet to be through an interview process that was as beneficial as what you do there. Tell me what you do. here. You know, we, we're very intentional. I want to make sure that everybody who leaves Kid Spirit has a solid foundation to get a job. So we, our, um, our, our application process requires a written application. It requires a practical interview that you come in and you work with kids. You do what the job is. So you do that in a group. So you'll come in with a group of other applicants and we put real kids out there. Like we don't simulate late it. And then we ask the kids because we truly care. How did they do? And the kids are like, well, they were nice, but they forgot to give us boundaries. And, you know, the kids are so honest. (laughs) And, And so we do that and we take lots of notes and then we do a formal interview. And, um, and then the staff have to do that twice a year, the whole time they work with us. So they do it every fall and they do it every summer. And so somebody who's worked a couple of years, you know, similar to, to yourself, you would have gone through the interview process either four to six times. And after each one, we give the opportunity by choice, you have to choose to come in and get feedback on how did I interview? And even if we hired you, that doesn't mean you had a great interview. It meant that we, we saw something. So we are really intentional in building those interview skills also helps us find the best staff. And so like everything we do is that intentional, how does this help a college student grow as a professional and how does this best support kid, kid spirit? Well, and the other right. thing that, that I always remembered getting a bunch of feedback, like an, I have never feedback. been to an interview where, where I got legit feedback that helped me grow as a professional, whether I got that job or not. Job or not. And that was the yeah. beautiful thing of it is like, and, and just to let you know, I've taken that into, into my professional life of when I'm interviewing students for whether it be a student government position or whatnot, if, if, the, if it's a no or if it's a yes, it, they get feedback with it too. And right. they, and I always give the opportunity. If you want to sit down and talk about why and how to grow and all these different things, um, that opportunity is going to be there for them. Um, and and I, I, and I've taken that from, from my experience with that. So you're doing something yeah, right. I build it in there. Everybody has to give the, their, their interview peers feedback. They hear feedback from the kids and then we give them feedback during the interview. So, um, it also lets them know that if you get this job, you're going to be doing this and, and communication is important. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I appreciate that. Um, w- just curious, um, as you are interviewing and, and, and living in the world today, what, uh, what's something that college kids need to work on most right now? What are you seeing? Like, what are you like, Oh man, we gotta, we gotta 
we got to do something about this. <laughs> um, oh, there's a list right now. What do they need? So I've seen a change. Um, more and more college students are coming to college and they've never had any job before. So um, that's different than before. So maybe they were, you know, really focused on AP classes and school and sports. And so they didn't ever even mow the neighbor's yard. So I would, the number one thing is, is get out there and get some experience and work for somebody and, and owe somebody else some time yeah. so that you understand when you come in what the word work really means. And, and not that they're bad workers, they just don't know. And um, the other thing is that I'm having to retrain is that a lot of students coming in are what we call checklist checklist yeah. kids mm -hmm. so they can do anything on a checklist really well but if i ask them to create the checklist on their own like here's the goal make the checklist and get it done um they don't always know how to do that and i think that goes back to that they didn't have these jobs where they were allowed to have some independent thinking on and so finding opportunities to not take every checklist handed to you and, and make your own checklist. Yeah. And so that when you come on, you're a little bit more independent and you're not forward thinking, but you're ready to help improve where you're at and give back instead of just what is it you want from me so I can check things off. Yeah, more of a critical thinker and ask, you know, well, I see something on this checklist that I would do differently and here's my idea. And it's like, oh, that's brilliant. Instead of just following the checklist. Yeah, well, a checklist isn't going to get you through life. No. You know, and uh, I, I, I am asking high school kids this all the time. What are you passionate about? What's your passion? Right. What, what passion project are you working on? Oh, I'm working on this class or this class. No, 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 no. Don't, don't confuse what I'm asking. What are you working on? Because it's a passion of yours, not because you have to do it. And right. a lot of them are like, what? Um, I don't know. Figure it out. Because I'm going to ask yeah, you yeah. again next week. What are you passionate about and what are, what's your passion project right now? You know, right now, I'll tell you my passion project. I'm building a dining table for my boss. Love it. Uh, there you go. Um, all right, Karen, you brought it up. The fish philosophy. That is something I remember uh, so deep uh, in, in my memory with, with the work that I did with you at Oregon State. But also, it's something I still talk about every year, every term, every semester with my students. Um, and those are things that come up in... Lots of conversations that I have in this in this world that I live in. The fish philosophy, Karen, ready, go. Uh, well, from Pike, Pike Street Mar Market, so you've got to give them, them credit. But it's really this idea of a way of, of a lifestyle of coming to work and living your, your life. So four basic principles. Choose your attitude. Be, pre be, be there. Be, be pre present. Make people stay. And then play. And so by adapting that to your life, your quality of life is just going to change. You're going to be able to impact pe people. And um, we just, it's something we talk about. We live it every single day. You know, somebody comes to work and from the first day, it's like, how are you going to choose your attitude? And choosing your attitude is hard. You have hard days. You, you come from a class, you come from something, but you got to walk in the door and you've got to be ready for the next step. So helping people learn to have a toolbox. I think if anything, Kid Spirit is we help build toolbox boxes and the fish philosophy is a major, it's a big placeholder in that, that tool, toolbox of, of how, how do I do that? 
can't be dependent upon anyone else. Like choose, choose your attitude isn't like, oh, well, when I come see the kids, it's like, no. What if those kids are in a bad mood that day? What if they're, they're not there? You know, so it's, it's inside you. It's that action you, you do. It might be when you lock your bike, when you put your shirt on. It might be when you have your cup of coffee. And any multiples of those. So well, it's and, super important. And at any moment of the day, you can choose and rechoose your attitude. You and know, and that's, throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, and that's the biggest thing. It's like you must be able to do it because it's been done. I mean, if you think about Pike Street Market and you think about the job that they're doing, they're waking up early in the morning. They're going down to the dock. They're getting the catch of the day. It's cold. It's wet in Seattle. It's, it's rainy. And then they're bringing up and their job is to sell fish on at fish. the marketplace. Right. I mean, is that a glamorous job? I don't think so. But what they did with it, they turned it into um, a, 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 like a philosophy, a magic, a show, right? And and it was, came from starting every day with choosing and rechoosing your attitude. Right, right. Now it's um, it's primary. If anybody leaves Kid, Kid Spirit, is knowing that that it's a choice. It's it's really the only thing you have control over in your life is how you respond to what life brings you, and yeah. and empowering them with that. So what what has changed at uh, Kid Spirit since since I've left? Is there you know we we talked about the fish philosophy? Is there anything new that I should be that I should be hearing from you, Karen? Uh, well, um, we've we've been staff tra- trainings. We've incorporated really old book from seventies eighties, but the um, Seven Habits of high, Highly Successful People. And that's important to help students really understand how to prioritize and understanding you know put last, you know, put first things first. Um, we've added um, the bucket theory. So, you know, how full is your butt bucket is really this, every interaction you have either adds to a person's life or t- takes it away. So be aware of that. And then um, I'd say in the last two years, the other things I've really ad- added in is two, two things is understanding of tra- trauma-informed envi- environments is really important. And then the other thing is Brene Brown's work on vulnerability and connection. And and that we can't connect to people till we allow ourselves to be seen and that we show up. And the most courageous thing we we can do is show up and be seen. And um, that sounds easy when you say it, but it's, it's, it's not easy. So I think the research that she does has been really really also impactful to include include into our our staff development yeah and and i'm a big Brene brown fan too and the other thing she'll she'll say is that um honesty is kindness and Mm -hmm. we live in a world right now that a lot of us are wearing masks and we are we are guarding off and we are you know playing a role but we need to step back and remove some layers and be open and, and be understanding, use empathy as, as a main driver in our life and, and, and be honest with not only ourselves, but with our peers. And, and I love that, you know, bringing that back to when you're talking about, you know, your diagnosis with cancer and just how it, how it removed and, and kind of gave a, a certain amount of freedom to, to just be your true, authentic, genuine self. Um, and, and that honesty turned into a kindness that the people around you could give you and that you could give them. And, you know, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And the, the bucket idea, uh, yeah, fill some buckets, invest in people. 
And you know what? Put into the world what you need because, um, you know, if you need love, give love. If you need kindness, be kind. Um, if you need support, be supportive. And uh, that boomerang effect, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's more real than you think. You know, and like you kind of said before, it is magic, but it's real right it's real yeah and i just yeah especially you know her work right right now about what um first time learning feels like and that it's it's uncomfortable and it's awkward and it's and going through this pandemic and everything we're going through we've never experienced it before and so we did a whole staff training on this is what first times feel like and so don't you know we're okay because we feel this way like it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And then, so, yeah. She, and then she has a whole nother deal on day two. <laughs> you know? Day two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're back. So, uh, you know, we've talked about the fish philosophy and, and there's a, a key important thing to that and that's play. Um, mm-hmm. and I remember you always brought this in. I mean, I'm looking at your, your zoom screen behind you. Your walls are colorful. It's fun. You have people right. doing handstands on a picture there, yeah. behind you. <laughs> Never did I ever doubt that part of what we were going to be doing was playing because playing is healthy. Uh, you go back to the episode I talked to Spencer Rubin and his whole deal is play fit fun. Play is important, not only for kids, but for adults. You know, we got to be goofy. We got to be silly. You got to sing when some, nobody's hearing and sing when they are. Dance when no one's looking and dance when they are. But the whole purpose of that is, is play is important. And we used to have dress up days. Why do you have dress-up days in a uh, camp at Oregon State University? Well, it wasn't because I love to dress up, first of all. I need you to know that. It's not my favorite thing. However, the magic again uh, of it. So I had some pretty impactful staff. I'll, I'll, Ralphie and Crazy Kiwi were the two. Panda were like, we got to do dress-up days. I'm like, no. <laughs> and so I'm not going to dress up. But they were like, we need to do it. So we did one. We did our first dress-up day was Crazy Hair Day. And um, I remember that day was so, I'd never seen such a spark of, of energy and magic and positive outcomes as I did that that day. Because what it did was when the staff dressed up and they looked ridiculous, I mean, their crazy hair, all this stuff. And, and so Ralphie had her Ralphie hair station. If you came to work and you didn't buy into it, she did your hair. And the kids... Um, the kids were like, if my staff looks that silly, then I'm willing to try something today that I wasn't willing to try. It gives them permission to rip up their cool permission. card. Yeah. yeah. And so we, I went, oh, I see this. So then every Friday is a different dress up day. And with that, you know, everybody's a little bit more courageous. They're willing to go outside of their comfort zone and, um, it is something that is is now like other units on camp, campus. Like, will you send us your dress up days, and we're going to join you. So, oh, that's um, so fun. We had construction going out in front for a long time, and the the construction flag flaggers started dressing up with us. They're in their <laughs> pirate costumes out there. They really they're like this helps. Like we stand out here all day. We look forward to Friday Fridays, and they start joining joining us. So, I love that. But it, yeah, it really helped kids say, I can, I can do, do this and I'm going to do something that I'm afraid to do. Yeah. On the first day of school, um, I'm usually talking to, you know, over 400 freshmen and that's what we talk about. Rip up your cool card, right. you know, and, and, and that cool card is going to try to come back and sneak into your pocket. You got to pull that cool card out and rip it up because right. when you get to a point 
when you realize that your days in high school are coming to an end, you're going to regret not being silly, not being goofy. Um, and, and just so you know, because you, you'd be proud of me, every spirit week that we have, because I'm the activities director in our building, we have dress-up days. I go all out, Karen. I, I, <laughs> I harness that inner kid spirit, uh, director of myself, and, and when I was a head instructor and a camp counselor, oh, it comes out, Karen. Oh, you totally did. You're, you're, you, yours are memorable. In fact, I used a picture of you recently in some marketing. I'll have to send it to you. So, oh, I'd love um, to see it. Yeah, there was some really good stuff. Now, it is, I have, you know, I decided if we're going to do it, I'm going to go 100%. And it's fun. Yeah. I it, even for myself, it became it changed how I approached it. Well, too. and and I would encourage any business to try it. Try it once. Right. Doesn't matter what field you're in. Try it once. Um, and us being in high school, I I do it as a teacher because I need our kids the same that same effect. And I mm-hmm. I, I tell them I say you just try to beat my costume tomorrow. You just try it. Um, and some of them do. They and it's so cool because everyone else is looking at them like go you like you did it like not yeah good for you i wish i had that courage right and so there there it's a, such a huge piece to developing that being comfortable with yourself knowing who you are owning it um and then yeah getting over those those first day those scary those scary humps right it's fun to see staff on those dress up days. So they'll they'll do the dress up day, but then they'll go to lunch and they'll take their co- costume off because they don't want to be seen, you know, wherever they go have lunch. And then by midsummer, they're like, oh, they go, you know, they go over to Monroe <laughs> and they have they have lunch in, in in their costumes. So you know that even they're growing into the fact that it's okay. I'm a pirate today, or I'm. I'm dressed as a superhero or yeah. whatever it is, you know. Right. Well, on Fridays are, uh, or the last Friday of every summer at summer camp is Superhero Day. Right. Why is it, why is it always Superhero Day? We save that one for, for last because I really want to imprint on everyone that, you know, every adult has, first of all, you all are superheroes, first of all. I mean, to recognize that, but we all have this superpower, and I truly believe that, is that everybody has a superpower. So uh, that last day, I I want the staff to cement that, both for themselves and for the kids. And to um, whatever it is, whether it's a real superhero that they dress up, or like me, I I have this made made up one that I let the kids, you know, well, what do you think my name is? And it always has polka dots in it. And and so that they're they're really thinking about what is the impact because that one caring adult is a superhero yeah. to to even one child to to the many kids and so to really end their summer as as remembering like wow this is what my summer was and yeah. and I know that the staff feels it and the kids totally feel it yeah and I think one of the greatest superpowers that we all have is is being intentional right mm-hmm. um, if kindness is powerful then intentional kindness is a superpower. Doing something on purpose because someone else might need it. That's, that's, that's powerful. That's a superpower, um, if you ask me. Uh, Karen, what, what, what are some of the greatest takeaways that you've had? I guess, I guess I'd call it in your life's work. I think the greatest ta- takeaways is um, helping, helping others see their potential I think one of really honestly my superpowers is seeing your superpower and you don't know it. And so um, I think my takeaways in life is helping people learn to say yes to opportunities 
and to step into them and say, I need help, but you, you know, I got your back, you got my back. And then um, that's when really, you know, in my life, that's when all the, the great things have happened is when I've been able to say, okay, let's try that. Or I'm going to this, you know, keep your, keep keeping my head up and staying aware, I guess I want to say, because these opportunities are out there for us all the time, whether it's an opportunity to say hello to somebody you didn't might not have seen because your head was down working or in a public place or, or just keeping your head up. You're, you're, you're going to have these opportunities and, and learning to say yes to them and step into them and helping the students who work for us understand um, that it's scary, but it's a great thing to step forward and say, I'm here. And yes, yeah. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And here's, since you're talking about opportunity, I want to throw this one at you. If you were to change directions right now and go do something different, what opportunity would be good enough for you to say, I need to go try that. Maybe maybe it's a secondary dream because I know a lot of what you're doing in life right now, you are living a dream, a vision that you had for yourself. But maybe there's another dream that Karen has. I'm just curious. Is there something else you'd go do? Well, there's two things. Um, I always said when I retire, I'm going to bartend in a really great um, sunny place that I want to live so I can just talk to people and hang out. But not just hang out, but really be with people. But that's probably not it. But when, well, in the back of my head, <laughs> yeah. I want to consult and I want to work on workplace culture and I want to get paid to tra- travel and I want to come in and I want to help people be happier. I think that there's a lot of workplace environments that, that could be happier. And um, I think that, that I have some skills and some ability to evaluate and, and give impact that I think I'd like to share that more than in our little bubble right right here. I love that. Sign me up. I'm in. Let's let's you, go you, let's you go on the road. Yeah, let's go, let's on, go the on the road. road. Yeah. No, <laughs> you and I would be great to get together. I, I have a book with about 15 chat chapters of like life according to Big Mama K, you know, from everything to why common sense makes no sense right you know one chapter why um what you should do before you become serious with with a part partner so i think i want to finish that book uh well i remember this advice karen what what are you there's like three things that everyone should do before they you need to travel together okay you need to go somewhere that um neither of you've been so it's not come visit my family so you got to both be going to the unknown it needs to include multiple modes of transportation. It needs to include mapping. It needs to include tipping. You learn a lot. That's about right. I remember this now. Tip. Yeah. So you need to go on this big trip before you get really serious and, and <laughs> see how compatible that. you are. You need to lose something really important on the trip and then see how the other person reacts to it and if it's compatible with you. I love that. That's great advice. That's great advice. Okay, Karen, um, you, you have no problem playing and being goofy and silly, but there's something about you that I've always just loved. Like Whether you're running a 5K or whether you're you're going to this meeting that it kind of fits with, it seems like you're always looking for an opportunity to wear a tutu. <laughs> Explain that to me a little bit. Uh, well, I, I have to give the credit to my nieces, um, Lauren, April, and um, Nikkel, because in the Girls on the Run days, they made me a tutu. 
And at the time I was like, I'm not going to wear that tutu, but my nieces made me a tutu. And so I wore the tutu to a girls on the run um, race and I was the race director. And it was so awesome because when people wanted to find me, they like, go find the woman in the tutu. (laughs) And it was just so efficient and it was just really fun. And I back to embracing your inner self. I was like, this is really fun. And so from that day forward, I do look for an excuse. I have a tutu to match any color or outfit. Um, I have people call and say, oh, I'm required to wear a tutu. Do you have a purple one? I'm like, well, I'll make you one. I, there's something about tutus that just make you stay out of your head. It's like, you're going to wear a tutu. You're going to walk down the street. People are going to be like, oh, she's got a tutu on. (laughs) And um, it brings fun to it. And then also in Oregon, by the way, when you run, in the rain, I found this out at the um, pumpkin run, the tutu actually keeps you dry. Because so you're not rain, kicking up rain up on your back, well, huh? It, it comes down it and it just kind of goes over it. And so you're actually warmer and drier on a rainy day when you run in a tutu. And that was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought that. We are really going to see how far this podcast goes because we're going to be looking outside and seeing a bunch of tutus running. Tutus. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, they're fun. They're easy to make. And... um I should show you on my wall just for you over here. Um, let's see if you can see I have three of them. Those are my formal tutus that I don't have at home. Oh, they're ready to go. One, a black and white one. And I have a formal white, um, white and glitter to, to the floor tutu. To, to, to. Oh, that's amazing. No, I've always <laughs> loved that about you. Never afraid uh, to put a tutu on and just yeah. be that, that life that the party needs, right? The life right, that, right. Uh, that, that a, a meeting or, or an event just might need. And so... Yeah, the, 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 uh, they changed a lot of people's lives and probably have brought in a lot of random people joy as Karen Big Mama K walks through the middle of campus uh, quite often with, with wearing a tutu. That's awesome. If you do a race with me, if you're on my race committee, I ask you what color tutu you want to wear. So um, people are always like, if you volunteer for her, you will be in a tutu. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing talking to you and catching up. Oh my gosh, I miss you. Um, we always yeah. end the show, we always end the show with a moment of recognition. Uh, in Capture It, uh, the idea is um, to use recognition on a daily basis. Who or what in your life is worthy of recognition when that name pops in your head or that something pops in your head, then you go do something about it. So I'm going to give you an opportunity, Karen, um, to kind of close up the show. Um, a moment of recognition. Karen, who or what in your life is worthy of some recognition? Go ahead and give it to them. Uh, can I... Oh, just that one person. Can I fast fire some names? Yes, you can. There's no rules here. There's no Uh, rules. My dad. My dad is not alive anymore. Um, Shaped me, helped me grow. Um, I would say my third grade teacher, Mrs. Lyman, I, I don't know where she is, but she taught me so much about how to be a good person. My history, I mean, my English teacher, Mrs. Matt McElroy, taught me how to be a good student and changed my life. Um, I have looked for her to tell her thank you for calling me out in class and telling me that my social conversation was not helping her be a good teacher and doing that in a way that showed me how I got a better impact. And I really appreciate her. And she made me, not made me, she challenged me to read Gone with the Wind that and changed my life. She gave me a book and said, I want you to read this book and I want you to come back and talk about about the strong women in this book. And um, 
I really appreciate her for that. And then I would say my daughter. Um, my daughter, Chrissy, has um, continued to just help me um, grow as a, as a parent, as a person, as a friend, as an adult, as a professional. She's, you know, I still call, call her and she will proof something for me and make it sound better. My, my, my verbal word is strong. Her written word is, is strong. And together, she continues to help me be really good at my job. When I get to my moment of recognition, I, I always want to say my wife and um, it's kind of an easy one, but like we just have our first kid and she's just rocking it. It is so enjoyable to watch her with, with her son and just, she's like, you talk about superheroes. I mean, she is a superhero for our kid and I'm just so impressed with her. And then the other thing that I, that I am thinking about as we have this conversation is just any former kid spirit staffer. You know, the, the, the Kid Spirit alum, if you're out there listening, don't forget the superhero that you were. Um, don't forget the superhero that you are. Um, remember those things you took away from this amazing program that, that, that exists at Oregon State, still does. It's still going strong. Don't forget Big Mama K. Hey, I reach out to you. me. Tell, tell me where, where you are and what you're doing. Two relationships that I formed with, with Carson and Kagan, and I miss those guys and can't wait to see them again. And it's just, uh, I'm thinking... I, I guess it's very nostalgic, but I'm thinking about the time that I had there and what that was for me. I just need you to know, too, Karen, is that those four years of my life, and it was about four years that I worked with you and, and for you and, and then was a, a co-director in your program, was hugely fundamental in who I am today as a teacher, as a leader, as an administrator, as a podcaster, as a father, as a brother, as a friend. I just got to thank you, Karen, because it's not often that we get to sit and talk to our mentors, and I'm getting a little choked up, but I just got to tell you I love you, and thank you for everything you do and the, everything you've done for me. Thank you. I, I'm going to add on this, Joe. You are the first person I ever interviewed, and I remember your first interview. Um, it was your formal interview, and you had on your very pressed white shirt, and you looked very professional. And, and I said, do you have any questions? And you looked at it at me and you go, what is one thing that you want that you aren't able to do that you would like to get done this summer? And my honest answer, I, I, I answered you really honestly. And, and I was like, I'd like to buy a birthday present for my husband before camp starts. And um, because his birthday is always the weekend after camp ends, and I'm always too tired, and he has a horrible birthday. We've been married for 20 years. I'm like, I'm a horrible, because birthdays are so important. Right. So I remember just looking at you, and I didn't even know you very well, but I answered it super honest. I was like, I would like, before summer starts, to buy his birthday gift. And you're like, what do you want? And here, you know, as a student in this interview, you helped me pro process that. And it happened to turn out to be a trigger and oh, yeah. made that happen. But but it was asking the question in the most sincere way that you really are. It's like, what is it that I could help you with before you even step into the summer? And that moment, really, I just remember it in, in times I'm like, oh, I just need to be kind right now. And I, you know, you have those places you go, go to in that moment with you of really showing that. I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I, I remember, I remember that interview. Like I said, I've never been through an interview process like it. It's so memorable. And, and so uh, Karen, thank you so much for being here. Um, listeners, if you uh, want to reach out to Karen or follow Karen, what she's doing, Karen, is there a way that they can do that? 
They would do it, yeah, through our Facebook right now. So just a Kid, Kid Spirit Oregon State fa Facebook. And um, we're starting our, our, web, our webpage. We're doing a lot of fun stuff on there. You're going to see some, especially during the pandemic, we're, we're doing a series of, um, of short videos like working with kids in masks. What is that like? And interviews and real life stories. So th those will all be on our YouTube, our Kid Spirit U YouTube and on, on our webpage. Awesome, Karen. Our goal is always to uh, have uh, a conversation where our listeners can capture something, uh, something little, to take it away. And I think there's plenty of things for them to uh, work on in time to capture it here. Um, listeners, if you have not yet hit that subscribe button, please do so. Hit that follow button. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, it is captureit.joe on Instagram, and we would love to keep in contact with you in that way. Um, and until we meet again, you work in time to capture it.